You are listening to the Tricer Podcast, where we talk all things hunting, gear, and the great outdoors. Before we begin, let's start things out right and put God first. Lord Jesus, I thank you for Tricer, and I ask that you can use this podcast as a way to bring joy to all of our listeners. We lay Tricer and this podcast at your feet. Amen. All right, another episode of the Tricer Podcast. I have a Tricer customer on here. One of the one of the best parts about Tricer is I get to meet like so many awesome people and get to live vicariously through their tags. And this lucky son of a gun drew an Arizona bighorn sheep tag with uh, 10 points. I said, I've got to have you come on because I love a good grip and grin. I'm not the kind of guy who uh, wants the real artistic, just the picture of the horn. I like the grabbing by the horns and tongue hanging out, gripping grin and shooting stuff. And he said, he sent me a video of him just hammering this sheep. And I was just pumped. And I was like, I was actually on a, an uh, elk hunt in Arizona. And I was like, you got to come on and tell this story. Cause it's just, it's a special and we all dream about it. And we hear the stories of the guys that draw this tag with one point, two points, 10 points, whatever it is. And we're all going to wait maybe a lifetime to draw it. And uh, Brad Briggs, you are the guy, Brad Briggs, the dentist from Phoenix. Yeah. A sheep tag in Arizona. So Brad, tell me about you. I'm a dentist here in Arizona. I grew up here. I've been hunting here my whole life. And uh, I've got a, a wife and twin girls who are super excited to to maybe get on TV on YouTube. So they wanted to step in and just say hi before I kick them out. So come, yeah, come on, on here, girls. So these are my daughters, Oakley and Finley, my future hunters. <laughs> Hopefully we get some YouTube videos of them hunting in a few years. Yeah, I hope so. That'd be awesome. Yeah, you guys like to go shoot your 22s? Yeah, you're good at it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> hey, girls. All right, thanks for coming. All, all right. right, they're going to be famous on YouTube very soon. They can show this to all their friends that they were on the lowly little Tricer podcast, and they are now famous YouTubers, so that's awesome. Yeah. So just a normal dude, married, two twin girls, beautiful girls, just living life, right? Nothing, just a guy getting out there and hunting probably when you can, and yeah, you've been doing sure. it your whole life. My whole life, my dad started us out bird hunting when we were little. It was me and my brother's favorite thing to do is opening day at dove season. And that light cracks, get out there and pepper each other across the field and, and get some dove. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just grew up hunting with my dad. Yeah, my favorite thing about dove hunting is there's always that one guy, like opening morning, we hunt Yuma. Um, okay. And so opening day, there's a million people out there and you're just waiting and it's supposed to be, what is it, 30 minutes before sunrise, you can start shooting. Yeah. And there's always that one guy. And then once that one guy fires off, you just start seeing the fire come out of these 12 gauges all, and just everyone yeah, starts it's like a war right? zone. It's As like a, a war zone. kid, it's the coolest thing ever. It's the coolest thing ever. And you do, getting peppered is part of it. It's just, you're shooting, especially, I don't know if you're probably hunting out. I saw some really good stuff by Phoenix when I was out there, actually. But in you, you're hunting these fields, and one guy's on this side, this guy's on this side. So as long as the barrels are up in the air, it's not the end of the world to get a little peppered. It's going to happen, right? It's just oh, a yeah. matter of making sure you keep your guns about 30 degrees off the ground on opening day because there's just a lot of people. But yeah, yeah nothing beats dove hunting, man. It's a, it's a fun time. Yeah. So that's how, hopefully that's how I start my girls out, take them out and get some dove. Yeah. The cool thing about Arizona with youth, because um, we have a house in Martinez Lake out there in Yuma. We spent, I've, my whole life I've been going to Yuma. We go to the uh, Colorado River. Is Arizona, you can start hunting like seven years old, as long as you're with a parent or with a, they call it a mentor or something, I think it is. So you can yeah, start bringing them out. Like in California, you can't, or no, maybe you can, you can't hunt younger, but I know in Arizona, I could bring my kids out and they'd hunt under my license and we'd go rabbit hunting. So at seven, eight years yeah. old, like your girl's age, 
they can shoot their 22s. My shit, my kid shot his first rabbit with a 410. And I remember him just being ecstatic, just doing backflips. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's fun to get him into it like that, to get him into it with rabbits, with squirrels. You have some prairie yeah. dogs out by you. You head up north to like unit nine and stuff. There's some prairie dogs up there and uh, doves, the obviously. F- What's that? I was going to say, I think the very first thing I, my parents got me a bow and there's a big dirt field behind our house. My brother and I'd go hunt rabbits in. And I got one with a field point and it took two or three arrows and I'm carrying it home crying with holes all through it. But kind of one of my parents' deals was if we shot it, we had to eat it. So had to skin that rabbit with holes all through it and cook it up for dinner. I think one of the biggest problems with America right now is there's not enough kids out there shooting rabbits with field points. Yeah. But it's like life lessons, not only that, but just getting out and Red Rider BB gun or that little black pump daisy, how many sparrows I killed and there's blue jays and man, it's yeah. just, it's, it's it's boy stuff, right? It's kid stuff. And now uh, you know, they'd rather play a video game or play Call of Duty than get out there and, and shoot something. It's just, it's sad. Yeah. But that, that is stuff that is just formative in a kid's life. And I think it's so important. It's awesome. You have your girls do it as well. I have five kids and my, I only have one daughter. And she don't hunt. She's she's incredible, but she's just it's not her thing. But the boys all do. So I'm excited we'll, your daughters will we'll get out there and do it. We'll see if I can get both of them. I'm pretty sure one of them's gonna be really into it. The other one I think is gonna be into the fashion side of it. <laughs> She'll look good in the pictures. Yeah. And it's important to you too as a dad and a husband to get your kids hunting because like you, especially as they get older, you have a role to be in their lives all the time, right? And to grow them. And there really is nothing better than getting your kids out in the field with you and forcing them into the truck with you for two hours, two to 10 hours on these drives. And then you're out there in the morning sitting, talking and just talking about God and the world and everything going on in their lives. And it's 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 an important thing. It's really neat. Yeah. Plus, um, it's really hard for your wife to say you can't go hunting when you're taking your kids. So just put that in your back pocket. And hopefully your wife, I know your wife's going to listen to this, but the hard, she's still, oh man. Yeah. So she, yeah, they have a hard time saying no when your kids draw tags. I've just become a guide over the last five years. And all I do is guide. I mean, I never get to pull the trigger. They just, they're always I'm blocking me. T- <laughs> it's sure. fun. Yeah. And I, it's honestly, it's more of a challenge getting a kid an animal. It's just a good time. It's everything about it's fun and enjoyable. Some of those youth tags are pretty good tags too. The, the timing yeah. of the hunt. Especially as a resident, right? So they've really tagged it as a whole, have gotten harder to draw across the West. But as an Arizona resident, you guys have a lot better odds than we do, right? Like we used to hunt coos deer every year over there and it was 100% draw odds. And then over the last, and that was five years ago, every year it's gone down and down to where now it's, you have to have two or three points to draw these youth tags as a non-resident. But as a resident, yeah, they have some really good tags for the youth. They have some good, they actually have a really good tag for if you're looking to get them a, a deer young and not have a hard hunt, like that Kaibab doe hunt they have is a really Beautiful good tag to draw. There. Beautiful country. You can go up there, you can get a hotel and go out and kill a deer opening morning because it means there's so many deer. You know? yeah. So that's, that's an awesome opportunity for kids. And it's cool to see a state that's encouraging hunting, right? Where California is the exact opposite, right? You can't show a child with a firearm or shooting or anything like that, or you're evil, right? No. To come take your kid away if they shoot a 22. So it's good to get them out there. So you dove hunted, but obviously you've transitioned because now you're a big sheep killer. But <laughs> when did you get into big game, like deer hunting and stuff? I think the first thing I, big game that I took was a ham, handgun archery, muzzleloader, javelina hunt. And I yeah. was probably 12 or 13. And uh, <clears throat> that was an interesting hunt as a kid. And my dad and my brother 
spooked some javelina around and they were running right for me and i had his 357 with 38 specials in it just <laughs> unloading at this javelina coming out of me. and I, I guess it's a theme i never thought of it i, I put a couple holes in in that javelina as well and <clears throat> so that that was a good lesson they not very good smelling animals and my dad helped me skin that out and we cooked it up and i think that was my first big game yeah, the trick with javelina is like machaca, chorizo, over-seasoning, right? Anything you put into a crock pot and cover in like orange juice and carne asada sauce and, and bell peppers and onions is going to taste good. But those are that's a fun animal to hunt, man. I cannot put my thumb on those things, man. They are just like, it's not like a deer. Those things just wander around and they are where they are. And then sometimes they're hard to find. Sometimes, sometimes they're hard right to find. For you. Yeah, sometimes they're coming right because, yeah, they're blind as a bat. They just, they're coming right out. You can smell them. It's almost like an elk, but it, they smell like a skunk, right? So sometimes you can smell alcohol. There's elk here. But with javelina, it's, oh, it smells really disgusting. There's probably a javelina around. <laughs> but that's a fun tag. And you got some really good youth tags for that, too. I think they get first crack at them, right? So you have the bow season for those in January. And then I think the youth get like a late January or early February hunt before the ham and before the, the rifle hunt. So, yeah, they have some good youth tags for those, too. And that's a fun hunt to do with your kids. I'm taking a buddy out in January from high school who he's a literature teacher and he's a high school teacher now. And so mm-hmm. between me and my wife, we're big shooters and, and do some hunting. And so got him into shooting bows. And so he's got an archery javelina tag and a deer tag. So I'm taking him hunting for the first time here in, in three or four weeks and excited to see if we can get him something. Yeah, that's a special hunt that you guys have too. That over-the-counter archery stuff you guys have over there is pretty special. And it's getting blown out right now from yeah. podcasts like this talking about it, but YouTube videos. But yeah, you guys get to hunt them pretty much. December, January, and August. Go buy an over-the-counter deer tag and pretty much statewide. Other than I think the Kaibab and the, the, the Strip, strip and a couple and other units, you pretty much are statewide. You can go out and hunt these deer if you're willing to hunt them. I know that some really good buck get killed in August if you're willing to sit in a ground blind over water and you know drink 15 Gatorades because it's 120 degrees over there. Yeah, but it's a neat tag and you hunt early. But even northern Arizona, we got a cabin up near Pace, and it's 20 degrees cooler than Phoenix. It'll be 80, mm-hmm. 90 degrees up there, but it's doable. Yeah, I was just in Pace in, uh, a few weeks ago, and that is just a beautiful country up there under the Mogollon Rim, and that whole area is just pretty and. It's neat. There is a, a lot of snowbirds, though. It's like dangerous driving. And we were up there, and it was like, man, everyone up here is over 90 and going to kill us. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a retirement town, that's for sure. I learned that real quick. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you are a big shooter, right? Like, I know, like, just from seeing you a little bit on Instagram and stuff, like, you're into, like, some tactical stuff. And tell me about that. So, I yeah, I like shooting everything. I do pistol matches, or now that I have kids, everything, don't get to do it as much. But <laughs> three-gun matches, I did some of the precision rifle matches here for a few years, got into reloading, um, do tactical stuff, gone out to you know, different training. I was just up with Clint Smith in Oregon doing some long-range AR stuff. Just, I love shooting. That's awesome. So... What is your favorite? I've never done like any kind of competitive shooting. Like I'm always like, if I'm going to go shooting, I'll do, I'm a fuddy guy. So I like bolt action rifles. I like over under shotguns. So I love reloading. I have reloading bench and I reload for almost everything I shoot, handguns included. What's your favorite discipline? Do you just all of it? Or do you like the three gun more, the long range? The three gun, not so much. Those guys get too much into gaming it and and the competitive, all the, the open class stuff. It was fun to do, but the long range stuff, I remember going out with a buddy 
And we put a cardboard box out there at 500 and we're like, no way are we going to hit this. And <clears throat> fast forward 10 years, it, it's really cool to hit steel at 1500 yards, cold bore. It, it's just math. And, and the more you learn it and refine your loads and the, the long range stuff really floats my boat. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I really do enjoy shooting long range. It's fun to get out there and shoot steel. It's also very humbling. I always recommend because I feel like every guy picks up a rifle now and they feel like they can shoot a deer at 700 yards. And then I'll go put it. I have these deer silhouettes that I cut out at my shop. They're the size of a deer and they have a heart it's gong and everyone's yeah. gut shooting it and shooting the antlers off at six. And I'm like, see? Yeah. <laughs> Wind is, <laughs> elevation is not hard. Wind yeah. is the factor when it comes to this stuff and calculating that, especially, especially in mountains stuff. where you've got canyons mm-hmm. where your wind is all over. Yeah. So what are you shooting 1500 yards? Are you 338 in it or what are you shooting that far? Yeah. I'm going to get called a fanboy. I take uh, that to Creedmoor out. Yeah. Out to <laughs> oh, man. I've got one that I can load those burger 153 and a half in it real hot. Oh, yeah. And it's a tack driver. Yeah. Yeah, I actually I, uh, with the sheep, I, I took the 300 wind mag. Did you? So, yeah, I, I decided to go. As the, I just wanted to get it done. Just wanted to make sure that if you put it in the, there's no replacement for displacement, right? It's a little more, I mean, you got to put it in the right spot, but a little more marginal. It's going to do a little more damage. Were you shooting burgers in that as well? Uh, no, the Sierra Game Kings. Sierra Game Kings. Same kind of thing, though. Those are like more of like a fragmenting. They're going to do like that burger thing, which is nice with those bullets. I make fun of the Creedmoor a little bit, but at the same time, I shoot a 260 Remington, which essentially is a Creedmoor, but it just wasn't marketed well. So before Creedmoor was a 260 Remington, which both of them are 308 cases, just improved to a, or or neck down to a 6.5. So I love that 6.5. Like my, if I'm going to Sonora next month, I'm bringing a 6.5. It's not, it's the 260. And And, I'll shoot. I I went and looked at 6.5 PRCs every month before this sheep hunt. I'm like, I don't know. I need to buy a new gun. I need, and I just, I'm going to stick with what I got, what I've been shooting. Yeah. It's funny because like people get really into guns, right? Like I pretty much have a a lot of guns with all the kids, but I pretty much have two rifles. I got my 280 Ackley Improved and my 260 Remington. And I'd rather go buy tags than rifles. So many people get so caught up in buying a rifle or they spend $5,000 on a rifle and then don't buy a tripod or they, or they don't buy good optics. I would much rather shoot a, a Savage and have a, a good set of binoculars on a tripod than, than anything yeah. or, or have that Savage and shoot it a lot, right? A lot of these guys just buy these rifles and then don't shoot them. They think they can do everything. And yeah. you know, lo and behold, it, it shoots the same, you know, no matter if it's a $10,000 rifle or a $300 rifle, it's shooting the same round. And yeah. you need to know what you're doing when you pull that trigger. And the stuff, cold bore shot is a big deal. The further you get out there, if you don't know where that first round is going to end up, you, you might be a guy who can shoot the lights out when your barrel's warm, but everything changes when it's 10 degrees out. Yeah. One thing I really have enjoyed this year, I only got to do it on a couple animals, was using my Olin um, adapter. It's like a phone adapter. So I can see where it's going. Like So like my kid missed this deer and I was yeah. like, oh, you got him. And But I was able to look, go back and replay it back and be like, oh man, you ricocheted that deer. You went right in front of his chest and I got to see where it hit. Um, yeah. Because they jump and you can't see it. So it's nice that, like you said, know where it's going. That, that Olin really has been Dude, I couldn't find changer. my case. I've got it on my Swarovski, the Olin adapter. And I got oh, up yeah. there and couldn't find the case to put on my phone. So all my video is me hand-holding it and trying to line it up because I forgot the phone case. Really? So the video yeah. you sent me, how was that recorded? That was my buddy. So 
one of my buddies that went with me, he was videoing just next to me with his phone, no spotter. So on the reloading with the, so when you're hunting, you're not shooting, are you shooting the 153 burgers as well? Or are you shooting something smaller? Depends on what I'm hunting. Uh, I shot some deer in Texas with the 153 and a half burgers. The sheep was 180 grain Sierra Game Kings. Yeah, I'm shooting in my 260, 124 grain. I'm shooting that hammer bullet, the the copper bullet. Okay. So we're, yeah, it's weird. It's That bullet is incredible and probably the easiest bullet to load I've ever loaded. You go buy some, oh yeah, like they're so expensive though, but they're incredible and they kill. So I'm shooting those now in both my, both those rifles. I go back and forth between the burger and the hammer and my 280. But man, I'm telling you that copper bullet, I put my six, right, not my six, five, my 260, a thousand yards. I put in three shots into a grapefruit. Um, nice. It's just a phenomenal bullet. And it just, they just stack on top of each other. And it, you have a lot more room with that. For some reason with that bullet, I don't know what it is. It has like these bands on it. Um, there's more room for air. Like finding the right node is so much easier and you could be off a little bit and it's still going to shoot really good. And they're fast. They're like like 100 feet per second faster than lead for because really? of the bands they have on there. I don't know why, but they are fast. It's just factual. You look it up and they'll be like, oh no, they shoot faster. So that's a fun round to load too if you ever want to load a, a hunting round is that, that 124 hammer for the Creedmoors. Okay, is really I'll cool. look into that for sure. But uh, yeah, someone asked me recently, they're like, oh, because copper is better and everyone just, and it's, yeah, California forces us to shoot them. So I think that's my issue with it, right? It's not that I don't think copper's good. It's just I hate when the government tells me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So if I had to, I want to be able to choose what bullet I'm shooting. So when yeah. I go out of state, I'm almost, I almost am inclined to shoot lead because they force us to shoot copper here, right? And it's just, yeah. but it is an incredible bullet. So I, I've shot a lot of copper. I, I've shot a lot of animals with the like 127 grain LRX as well from mm-hmm. Barnes. My boys both shoot the 168 grain Barnes bullet, the TTSX. It's a, a great copper bullet, bullet but yeah, it just, for, okay. for 308, those- they, they both shoot 308. And uh, yeah. I feel like that bullet is just a phenomenal bullet. It's going to penetrate and just do its job. The copper has its place. It's not just some gimmick. It really does. It holds itself together. It pedals and it just goes through animals really well. So it's a great round, especially for those 308s. I, I love that setup for my boys. All right, dude. So you have gotten into hunting. You've killed Havelina. I've assumed you've hunted. Do you hunt elk over there at all? I drew my elk tag 23 South last year, the, or the archery tag. Uh-huh. and. I chased a monster bull for 10 days with, with some guides, and they never rutted. Couldn't get closer than 115. I passed on some really nice high 300 bulls because I'll text you a picture of him. <clears throat> the, the bull of my dreams, and I couldn't get close enough. And Oh, he was every bit of 400, huh? Or close to it? Oh, no. Way over. <laughs> oh, really? He, yeah. He, <laughs> he had three main beams on the right side. He, he might have been a state <laughs> record for atypical. It just... <laughs> So pretty much everybody's just been pissed at me because I'm drawing tags last two years, the archery elk in 23 and now a sheep tag. So Mm -hmm. 2024 is going to be my year for buffalo or something, maybe an Arizona antelope tag. Yeah. I mean, I had a buddy draw an antelope tag uh, over there with six points. If you're wanting to hunt archery, it's a little bit easier to get a tag over there too. It's another kind of little side note. If you're wanting to put in for archery on antelope, which I don't know if you're doing archery or rifle on those. um, I've been putting in for rifle, but it's pretty amazing that you can put a decoy and walk right up to them. Archery. Yeah. It blows my mind because they're out in flat fields. You're like, how the hell am I going to get a bow shot on them? It's it's a tough animal to hunt. I'm yet to shoot an antelope. drawing them kind of because we're in san diego right so california is a it's like a 20 year tag plus in arizona it's almost an impossible tag for a non-resident to draw 
so like the closest opportunity really to draw a tag every year would be Wyoming. And I haven't really done it because I'm always like, oh, it's elk season. It's hard, hard for me to make that commitment for a week for antelope. And Wyoming is not a lot of private land. Like No, it's going to be, I mean, be public. public land. It's There's not much public. There's it's a lot of private land up in Wyoming. It's there's a lot of space place up there you can hunt antelope on public. So it's not a it's not a super hard I guess they just screwed the tags up for non residents. They basically just took it from needing one point to two points. They just took it from they had used to be twenty percent of the tags, now it's ten percent of the tags. So they really just fleeced us. And the other opportunity that's real close to us is New Mexico. And a lot of that you can get on private land tags in New Mexico. So my son went last year with my father in law and they had bucks the first day and he shot like a almost 80 inch buck. He shot a great uh, antelope over there in New Mexico. So that's a fun hunt. So you're putting in for sheep. We're all, we're all putting in for sheep, right? I have 10 sheep points in Arizona. Okay. Every year we're all putting in for it. We all want to draw this tag and uh, we look at it and it says 0.6% or 0.1% chance draw odds. And then when you get to max points, it's still 2% draw odds. Yeah. But we all tell ourselves every single time we do it, there's a chance. And we yeah, all, we all, but I didn't even think there was a chance. I'm, I was still at that place where it's, yeah, that'll never happen, but I'll put in anyway, get my points. So tell me about this. So you're using Go Hunt, right? How'd yeah. you pick this you, unit? So I coos deer hunted back in there. I got some buddies that live up in Springerville, Sholo, and the unit 27 is, it, it's, no real roads. You don't have to deal with guys on quads or side-by-sides. There's one road north and south and one road east and west. So it's a pretty much backpack in and it's just, it's just a great unit. There's bear, turkey, deer, wolves are up there. We heard wolves at night. Oh, the gray wolves, right? The Mexican the, gray wolves? The Mexican grays, yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. it, So <clears throat> 27, I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to get drawn. So I, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it other than that I got buddies up there. I'll put in for that sheep tag. And so that ends up being the Rocky Mountain bighorn sheep in Arizona. What was your odds? 0.06% draw odds. For, for the, and there was one tag. I got the one tag in the unit. Is that like one in 6,000? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Probably that's like 0. the math, 0.1 right? would be one in 1,000, right? 0.06. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you put in for it. You, you looked at Go Hunt and you knew your buddies were up there. You're like, you're saying there's a chance. Let's do it. We'll put in. And so then the way in Arizona, Game and Fish doesn't actually put it up on their website for a week or I don't know how I know. Long. It's stressful. So we're all checking our bank account and my card got hit for $309 or whatever it was, 300 bucks. And I'm like, well, did I put in for me and four buddies for deer? I don't like, there's no way it's a sheep tag. This has to be deer and start doing the math. And I'm like, oh, I think I got a sheep tag. And yeah, sure enough, there it was. Got a sheep tag. That's the coolest feeling in the world because it happens every year when you draw. Arizona has, in my opinion, like hopefully Arizona's listening to this, the worst draw system. The whole setup needs to be redone. It's such a pain in the butt. But when Arizona, when you draw, you don't know what you drew for like up to a week, but it'll say pending. It'll say pending, but your card gets hit. So what'll happen is, I don't know if you're on any hunting forums, like I'm on a few hunting forums or even Instagram. Someone will post, cards are getting hit. And you're checking your account and you'll be like, okay, what is $633? I drew an elk tag, right? Or whatever. You know, or you're like, wait a minute. Like my buddy was trying to figure out like, what is this? And it was, ended up being an antelope tag. And yeah. you're doing the math and you're looking at it. And that's just a cool feeling. So were you just doing backflips? Oh, just, yeah. My wife just thought I was out of my mind. I'm like, I can't believe I got a sheep tag. 
And I know nothing about sheep hunting. It's not something that crosses your brain to prepare for because you don't know if it's ever going to happen. And it's not like I'm going to go hunt sheep next year in some state. Yeah, my brain's trying to figure out, okay, now what? So, yeah, it's a $75,000 tag, right? If you go to yeah. Mexico, 45, Mexico. 45 grand eight, to go to Mexico and shoot that animal. Yeah, right? it's or a big deal. 95,000, yeah. It, it's a big deal are. to draw this tag. I don't know about you, but my wife, every time I draw a tag, it's pretty much every year I draw tags. I'm like, I, know, I can't believe I drew this. And she's like, every year you draw tags. How, how remarkable <laughs> is it that you drew these tags? So that's kind of the window for me. But with sheep, I always tell her, and I think we talked about this. If I draw a sheep tag, like in California, it's a month long season. Yeah. I will be gone a lot that summer and I will be yeah. gone that whole month. It yeah. will be like, that's it. I don't care if I were to, it's, that is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. So you, you well, drew the tag. So how far is this twenty seven? So, so we we'll get into it, but we we'll talk about the scouting and and the time spent up there. But a funny story was my daughter ended up being Mary, and they go to a Christian school, and so she's Mary in the first grade school play. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't think I can be there because this is once in a lifetime. Dad can never. And she looks at me straight in the eyes. She's Dad. This is once in a lifetime for me too. <laughs> Oh uh, man! So, so I did make it to the play because I got my sheep the first weekend. Yeah. Um, how, but, many, how many tags were there in this unit? I can't remember. One, me. Yeah. One unit, you. One tag, one tag. you. One thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it's California. I know when there's only one tag, it becomes a random tag. Correct? Is that correct? I don't know what that. Ran- what is how it works? You drew that tag on the random. You didn't draw that tag on on points, right? You had to have drawn it on the random. Yes. I know in California, when there's one tag, it is it then becomes a, a, a random a draw, a lottery draw, and not a, a points draw. So I always, for my sheep units, which I should say in, this, on the public, in public, I pick the units only have one tag because then I know I have a chance, right? Because you drew this on the random, not on the, there's no preference points involved. You drew it, you could have drew it with one point or 15 points, you drew it. You know, 35 points, yeah. You drew the tag. So how far is this unit from your house? 27 is not um, too far from Phoenix, right? It's because there's only one road to get in. You go up to Alpine. And so it's about five hours up to Alpine and then an hour to an hour and a half down to down into the unit. So really? Six hours each way. way. Yeah. I looked into hunting that unit for bears last year and we were all set up to go and then they made the quota and we couldn't go. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we ended up going coyote hunting over there, my, me and my boy. So you draw the tag. You've never sheep hunted. I watched a play? lot of YouTube, watching, watch watching videos, just, yeah, I just took in everything I could. I talked to, I got Cody Nelson with Go Hunt is, I've known him since high school and he's someone I've gone out with and taught me how to glass. And so called Cody right away and he put me in touch with a couple guys and just a couple phone conversations and trying to decide, do I want to guide I think I'm just going to go start spending time up there. Let's see what it's like and just start figuring it out. And did you end up going with a guide? Uh, No, did it with me and and four buddies. Um, I was up there every three to four weeks backpacking in. We found sheep every time we're up there and didn't see the sheep that I wanted, but I was confident enough that, okay, I'm finding sheep. I think I want to do this on my own. And when I say my own, there's no way I could have done it on my own, but me and buddies got it done. It is amazing to have guys who were willing to go back in with me, find them. My brother-in-law came from Florida. We went up for one long weekend. I got a buddy, Cameron, who I know through the rodeo friends, and 
Cameron's dad had drawn that tag five years before. Ed and I went up and Ed pretty much took me to every spot we'd already found. He's got stories every hill we go over. He's been hunting in there. So I had confirmation on what I'd found with other friends and just made the call with a month or two to go that I'm, I'm we're going to do this on our own. Now, were you in contact with the guide? Hey, we might, I might use you or you just... No, just, I guess I got hard headed and nope, no, no contact with guides after just if I, Cody put me in touch with some guides that I talked to at the beginning, but mm-hmm. that was four or five months before, before the hunt. For one, Cody Nelson is an incredible dude. So shout out just to Cody. Shirt off your back. Amazing kind of guy. human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shirt off your back and just probably to the moon that you drew this tag and wanted to help you in every way, shape and form. I just know the guy yeah. every way, shape and form to help you find a sheep and get it. Now I'm not knocking guides, right? Like I, I always go back and forth on this too. If I draw a sheep tag, am I going to spend 4,500 bucks to get a guide? I think it's what you've been running right around that five grand mark. Would you draw that? The hard part is getting the tag, not the guide for this hunt. Like in that, um, in that range. I don't know. I never talk numbers with anybody. I hunted with ground pounders, Cash Armstrong for elk last year. And amazing. Guides are awesome. They know where the big mm-hmm. animals are. And But I don't know. As we tell the story, this whole hunt was a God thing. Like I've, I've never, I won't say it came easy, but everything was just right. Like I don't know if I'll ever have a hunting day again where everything goes right. The whole way up the mountain. <laughs> so I just had, I don't know. I had a feeling and I'm, I just wanted to do it with my buddies. That's awesome, man. And and again, like I'm not knocking guides, but it probably feels better that you did it on your own. There's something 100%. about that where like you didn't get walked into an animal. You didn't have like in Arizona, people, one of the a way people make money is finding sheep and then selling those pins. So you can get like 20 grand for a pin. <laughs> I've been hearing some crazy stories of these numbers people are getting for elk or for like that 400 inch bull you found. Someone finds that elk, that's a very expensive pin. So they're, they'll spend their off season oh, yeah. looking for the animals to, to sell those pins to guides or to clients or whoever. Yeah, um, good on them. I don't have anything against that. Mm-hmm. But it, it does feel better to like, what a sense of accomplishment to check in at Game and Fish. And they're like, who's the outfitter? Uh, it was just me and my buddies. And they're like, really? Yeah. So, I mean, it just makes it, I don't know, we did it. You did do it. That's awesome. And so how did that work when it comes to, I guess you had, I'm always curious how the game of fish situation works with sheep over there. So were you, when you drew this tag, were they in contact with you? Like, Hey Brad, you drew this tag. Yeah. I, and, and tell I got like, a, you ideas? official letter that says, congratulations. Like the, the, it, it's wild when you draw a sheep tag in Arizona, they put on a clinic, a one day clinic and everyone with tags gets to go to it. And they talk about gear and sheep behavior and it's a day of teaching you how to hunt sheep and they had you all have to go right well, or is it not mandatory I, I i don't know <laughs> there's no way i was missing that but yeah i wouldn't say there that they taught me everything that i i mean it's still hunting and if, if you had never hunted before maybe you would have picked up a whole bunch but it, the experience was cool it was cool that game and fish uh had game wardens from the unit there and it, it was just a really cool experience to go and and get to go to a sheep hunting clinic. As as the hunt got closer, okay, I went in and scouted. We backpacked in for every three to four weeks and found my sheep. But then one of my dad's buddies is a helicopter pilot and he's a really good helicopter pilot. So he flew the Trump helicopter that would go upside down and have Trump printed on it upside down. And (laughs) he, he just, he's awesome. So I'm like two or three weeks before, let's go see if we can find some sheep in a helicopter that I haven't seen with my legs. 
And so we take off, start flying, the clouds are too low, and we just can't get up there. He's like, once I go above the clouds, I can't come back down, so we're just not going to make it up there. And about two weeks before the hunt, I get a call from the game warden, and I'm thinking, oh, no, I'm in trouble. I don't know if you're allowed to eat it. I put a picture on Instagram in a helicopter, and I think I'm busted. And the game warden was Callan. Is, I think that's how you say his name, but the nicest guy on the phone, and I think I'm busted by the game warden because I – went on a helicopter ride and no, he's telling me they just did their survey and there's three or four class four rams and you might look around this area and they didn't tell me where sheep were, but I had a 45 minute conversation with the game warden and that doesn't happen with an elk or a deer tag. It was just awesome. So Game and Fish was so supportive from the very get-go. Can't say enough good things about Game and Fish. So that's awesome. It's cool to know that they're rooting for you, right? Not against you. I feel like where we, where I live, they're rooting against us almost. Right. Yeah. I mean, trying to bust you. But trying to bust you. You're guilty until proven innocent half the time with our game wardens, right? And you're and not only that, it's run by a bunch of liberals who hate hunting, right? They're just putting yeah. out false stuff. We they banned lions in the nineties, they banned bobcats a couple of years ago and in their commission meetings they came in and said, I've never seen a bobcat in the wild. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like I, I was on hunts last year, I saw six bobcats a day. Yeah. <laughs> bobcats are everywhere. <laughs> this guy's never left. You never seen a bobcat in the wild. In Los Angeles County, maybe. <laughs> I've seen bobcat on my back fence. They're around eating cats in the neighborhood. Yeah, and so it's nice to it's nice to hear that Game of Fish is rooting for you and helping you. So you keep talking about backpacking. So this was not a road hunt. This was not a like canvas wall tent hunt. This was like you actually backpacked in. Okay, so we I was set up. I had I, whatever way it went. We were set up to backpack in. If I had my teepee and and my Stone Glacier zero degree bag and all my gear that I love my gear, the way it went down is I found an area that I saw good sheep, at least a dozen sheep every time we were down there. So I went in a couple days early and set up camp and I'm setting up camp alone with with big tents, canvas tent. We I got a buddy who brought his fifth wheel the day before opening day. And I'm setting up camp and there's the biggest ram I've seen in five months. And he's 400 yards just right across. <clears throat> and I've seen some of the other rams with him, but here's this monster. And so you got the little devil and the little angel going, shoot him and drag him under a tree for two days. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so I looked at him all day and saw him again the next day. And so I bedded him the night before opening day. And he's up at the highest little it's ice cream cone peak. He, he went to bed right there. And I'm like, we got him. We'll go get him tomorrow. Woke up the next day and, and we got snow and everything socked in. There's clouds. You can't see the mountains at all. And uh, I should have shot him before opening day. <laughs> I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm joking about that. But so opening day was, the, it cleared up later that afternoon and we glassed all those mountains around us and couldn't find him again. So we woke up second day and <clears throat> cooking up some eggs and got coffee and my buddies are with me and I spotted him and he's no longer 400 yards away. He's at the top. And so we watched him for a little bit, made some breakfast burritos and we're like, I think we can hike. It might take us a couple hours to get to here and maybe it'll be a seven or 800 yard shot. And I don't know, let's, he's got to come down because I'd seen him low a couple of days before and he's going to come down. So let's just start hiking and try to get up there. And my buddy Bray, and my dad, who who is 76 years old, they, they said they'd stay back at camp and keep spotters on them and we'd check in with them. And so we took off hiking and 
it took us two, three hours to get to that place where we thought we would have a shot and you couldn't see him at all from there. And we're checking in. He's still bedded up there. He hasn't moved. So it took us about five hours to get up to where my buddy Cameron made a little left and went up over some cliffs. And so he's signaling at us. I see him right there. And I don't like heights. And I spend <laughs> last five months with VR goggles trying to get used to it. And I'm like, screw it, I'll climb it. And so Cameron took an easy way. And so I try to climb up this cliff with my pack and my rifle and a huge rock just starts to wobble. And I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> so we decide, she, we know where he's at. We hear he's still bedded. And, and so we spent another hour down and up a valley on the other side. And he never moved. And that's what I was saying is a God thing. We, we were able to spot him in the morning. This is day three. Hiked. This is day three. No, day two. of the, uh, Opening day was socked in. Day three, we set out about nine in the morning. And <clears throat> even the last, so we took a different route. I'm like, I think we can make our way around to the to this side and we'll have a shot across the valley, Adam. This is, you're, you're killing on day, you're, this is day two you're hunting right now or this is day three? Day two. You're on day two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's a little trough of snow and it's perfectly silent to hike up this trough of snow. There's a hill I can look over, see if I like it. And so we get set up and it's a pretty steep slope. And so he's still bedded there. And I set up my tricer tripod, got one leg way downhill, put my pack underneath me and sit and watch him for a while. It's about 375 yards uphill. And he's just laying there looking over the valley. And we watch him for a while and start to think, what's five hours up here? And it's pretty cliffy. I don't want to be hiking down in the dark. We need this to happen soon. And I guess an elk hunter, somebody shot way off in the distance. He stood up and he's just facing us, looking downhill and watching for a little bit. And finally, he turns broadside exactly how so I want. So we should we should set this up. We should set up where he is, though, because I've seen the video. You're he's shooting on a cliff. He's on a cliff, and you're shooting oh, yeah. probably a forty degree angle plus. I mean, you're shooting uphill Easy. at this at the at easily, maybe more. Yeah. Maybe. And he, when I say he's on a cliff, we're going to get to what happens next. But he came down like, it looks to me like 100 feet. <laughs> maybe. More. It could have been 100, it, maybe 75. I mean, he took a tumble. It was a tumble and, further than I want to jump. Yeah. And, I, and I've taken a little bit. People have been like, oh, did you, he's, didn't you know he's going to break something? And I watched a lot of videos and they're sturdy. I've seen them they're fall sturdy. on straight rock and not break. And he, it, I was pretty confident that he, he's going to take a tumble, but he's not going to break. Okay, so now we, you're, here we are. He's 385 yards, right? Three, yeah, 375, 375. 375. He has now stood up. You've been looking for this thing. You've hunted all summer long. He's day two. He has stood up. He's broadside. You're set up on my tripod, which I think is bitching, on a four-ounce pan head. It was perfect, <laughs> yeah, and it was stable as can be. Um, what happens? I'm, I... 375, I, I was confident as could be. Like, I, I know I can make a shot at 375. I, everything was perfect. The hike up there's perfect. The setup's perfect. I was planning on that I'm going to have to make a 700-yard shot on a ram in country where I'm terrified because of cliffs. And so I, I'm just waiting for him to turn. And he turns broadside facing downhill. And so I took the shot and just hammered him. I got him right under his armpit. Through the heart, opposite shoulder, he took one jump and came down. And it's an impressive 
tumble. He, he takes a, a little fall and lands right where we can get to him. And we start cheering and yelling. You can hear my buddy Cameron across the canyon. And my dad, 76-year-old dad, said he could hear us screaming three miles away down at the base where we started. And that was it. We got him. Was your dad able to see this from the spotting scope? Were they able to watch you watch this whole thing oh, yeah. transpire? Yeah. They saw him fall. They And shout out to my dad and, and my buddy, Bray. They spent five hours not looking away from their spotting scopes because we're we're counting on that he's going to be there when we get up there. And they stayed behind their spotters all day watching for him and got to watch the shot. That is like, I don't know if it's, it's I don't know why I, I assimilate that with Arizona. Over there, I feel like having a partner you can trust to stay in the glass and not look away, not get up, not fiddle with something and actually watch that bedded deer or that bedded ram is so critical all day and knock it out. It's nice yeah, having two 100%. guys do it. But what a cool experience having your dad come out at 76 years old to get to have this whole thing. You have your best friends there. You've got yeah. your dad there and it just yeah. comes together on day two. And you were planning day on two. this is a 14 day hunt? Oh, it's a 31 day hunt. I should be hunting right now. Oh, like, no way. My kids were going to be, my girls, they didn't love it, but there's a chance dad wasn't going to be here for Christmas. I was going <laughs> to hunt 13 days, come home, work four, go back, hunt three, work four. And yeah, I was planning on being there till the very end if I needed to be. And this ram that you shot on day two was the biggest ram you said you saw in the unit that you had glassed and all that scouting? In five months, by far the biggest. Oh, and, man. And I knew it the day I saw him setting up just right across the valley from me. It, I'm just, you know, shaking like I don't have my all in. <laughs> I'm like, my buddies aren't here yet. Oh my God, look at, there he is. That's what I wanted. And yeah, I got him. I don't know. I've been checking the hunting forums. He probably will be the biggest ram taken in Arizona this year. Um, we'll see how that all plays out. What did he score? One gross score was 186. And I don't know what the eights was, but and ends up 185 and three eights. A giant. A giant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's amazing. 180 is like the goal, right? With a sheep. Yeah. And just an old looking, got like the, looks like just warrior horns. He's got like a little bit of stuff going oh. on up top. Is he broomed off on one side? Oh, he's broomed off on both sides. He's exactly what I wanted. Like, yeah. I'm not the guy who wants the perfect cur- full curl with tips. And he is an old warrior. We'll see because Boone and Crockett will score him here in a month or so. Game and Fish said he's 10, maybe 10 and a half. I think he may be 11 or 12. We'll get another opinion on that. I can't wait to see what Boone and Crockett scores in that, but he's exactly what I wanted. He's just an old warrior. That's awesome, dude. And I'm over the moon for you. Again, you getting that tag makes us normal dudes feel like there's a chance for us it to get happen. it. Yeah, it could happen it for anybody, dude. And yeah. So you've got him out now. When you get him out, you how does that work with Arizona? Do you have to bring him in, bring his antler yeah. or his horns in and show him? Do they plug them? Do they put a plug in there over there? How do so they do that? At the sheep clinic, they, we take the, one of the coolest things with the sheep is the amount of conservation that goes into it. They gave us nasal swab kits and they tissue samples. And we, I check, physically checked in at Game and Fish and she measured him. They plug him. Something happened with their computer system, so I haven't got my official score sheet to send it to the Wild Sheep Foundation or Arizona Desert Bighorn Society, and I'm dying to get my official score sheet, and we'll see when that happens. But yeah, checked in with him. He's the biggest sheep they'd seen at 
at the Phoenix Game and Fish office this year. And that's awesome. And you, uh, you're obviously going to. Sh- are you going to full mount them or shoulder mount them? What are you doing with them? The the God, I wish I could have full mounted him. I didn't know how big he was. I knew he was big, but we were under a time crunch to get him cut up, quartered, get and uh, get down the mountain before dark because we didn't take bags and it, it'd be a pretty miserable hike in the dark, especially if you end up on some cliffs and have to hike back up and pick your way out. Mm. So we just sh- caped him for a shoulder mount. I think I'm going to duplicate the horns and do a euro with his natural horns and, and do the duplicates on a, on a shoulder mount. What a bitch and euro that'll be. So will, so will the shoulder mount go at home and then the euro go to the dentist office or where's the euro going? <laughs> I think that the euro might go at home. I got some of my deer here. My wife lets me keep those up in, in my bedroom and we'll see. I just think that the euro is so cool with those old worn horns. And I, th- I think that probably the, the shoulder mount will go up at the cabin. Yeah. Kind of the whole family keeps our trophies up there. And we'll see what I do. Maybe I'll take that euro to the office and let patients enjoy it. And, and until you put your hands, my hands won't even fit barely halfway around. He's it's just so massive. So yeah, it's a we'll really see. good sheep. It's a really good sheep, and it's everything you want in a sheep. Like I said, it's old. It's a warrior. It's broomed. It's just man, good for you. Now that you've pretty much drawn the mecca, what's next for Brad Briggs? You guys going to Disneyland? What's going on? I don't know, Brad man. I do have the sheep fever now. I, and and it just breaks your heart when you go look at Go Hunt and what your odds are everywhere in the United States. I don't. So one of my buddies that was with me, Heath, so he's got a fishing lodge in Kodiak Island, the Kodiak Island Resort. And so we go blacktail hunt out there and do some black bear hunting. And I don't know, I haven't fully started researching, but maybe we'll start looking at a doll sheep and how we do that next. I just had a guy on... Brad Babolton, if you listen to that, or Brad, Brad Babolton, I'm sorry. And he just did a doll sheep hunt last year and he's got the bug bad and he has a good opinion of it. And I think right now the, probably the average rate is 27 grand to do that tag. Yeah. And once you draw, I think you're out for four years, but the way things are going, you almost got to put him for it now and put a deposit in because you're not going to be able to get it up there for a couple of years because it's just, it's a popular thing. And yeah, yeah man, you got to get that slam. No, I guess you've already got the, the mountain or the Rocky Mountain, <laughs> the Rocky, yeah. you got to get the desert and then the doll, and then you got to go do the stone, The stone, huh? It's, it's, it's yeah. it. You got the sheep. Are you part of Wild Sheep Foundation? Are you part of the Minus One Club and all that stuff? Or Yeah, the and, one? but I, I, Game and Fish still hasn't sent me my score sheet, so I can't send stuff to the Wild Sheep Foundation. But yeah, I as soon as I got drawn, I joined everything I could, just <laughs> trying to get involved and figure this out. Do you have the shirt, the minus one shirt? I don't. I need to... I got to send in my 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 score. I don't know. I've called them like three times just the day I got back. I'm excited out of my mind. I'm a new member. I got my sheep and what do I do next? And <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll get the... I guess do you, you get that shirt and then you're before. supposed to tape it out. Yeah, you get it because it means you haven't got one yet, well, right? And then when you I get really one, not. you put the red tape over it, right? Yeah, you're doing yeah. it backwards. You just drawing sheep tags and killing sheep too quickly. Yeah. The other thing I didn't do is I didn't get amazing pictures. It, we're on a, a steep slope. We got 30 minutes to get them cut up. And it's my buddies who are just, you know, they're snapping pictures quick. But then you start seeing all the guys with guides and they have these beautiful pictures. They're, they're laid perfect. And so I didn't get amazing pictures, but they're special to me. 
the pictures are great, but really what's going to live with you the whole time is that experience of DIY in it. Yeah. Bringing your friends out and having your dad there. Sure. What like you can't like pictures can't describe those emotions and that, that situation you just had and that, that experience yeah. you just had. That's something that's going to live with you forever. And so awesome, dude. So stoked for you, dude. Thanks for using my tripod. Dude, thanks tripod for being out there. Amazing. <laughs> thanks Please. for being a solid Christian dude, for having kids and just being out there and yeah. doing everything right, man. I, I'm, I'm happy for you and stoked for you. Let's, Let's get together again when you go do hunt those doll sheep in a couple of years, all right? Cool. I've been lucky too, so let's see what happens <laughs> and talk one more time. We'll talk again, dude. All right, talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to the Tricer Podcast. Do us a favor and like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Tricer USA. And go and check out all of our innovative gear at www.tricerusa.com. Until next time, shoot straight, have fun, and always put God first.